sisters, listen closely. Finding out he's the one can sometimes feel like traveling through a desert of uncertainty. I mean, every time you feel like you've reached an oasis, it ends up being a mirage. As your resident sister and friend, here are five common red flags that you need to steer clear away from. First up, if he's asking for your phone number straight off the bat, but not your dad's, well, that's a major red flag waving in your face. Next, if he's hitting you up with texts and calls late at night, you better believe he's not serious and chances are he won't respect your boundaries. Watch out for those put down disguised as sarcastic banters. You know, the ones that make you the butt of the joke. It's time to show him the door. And oh, if he's more interested in hearing himself talk than listening to what you have to say, girl, that's a sign you need to run in the opposite direction. And let's not forget the classic line, my ex was crazy. Yeah, right. If he's mouth-mouthing his ex left and right, chances are he's the one with the issues. And those are just the obvious red flags. Let's help you uncover what's really hiding underneath the surface with Vibe Check, the ultimate prompt card game for meaningful connections. Crafted with deep respect for Islamic traditions, Vitech goes beyond the surface, allowing you to discover the essence of your potential life partner's faith, character, and aspirations. With eight thoughtfully crafted categories and 135 thought-provoking questions, Vitech ensures a comprehensive understanding of your potential spouse, from values and ambitions to personal quirks and preferences. I mean, skip the surface-level discussions and dive straight into what truly matters. Visit our website, www.thedigitalstory.com now and take the first step towards finding your righteous partner. Your journey to marital bliss begins here. Um, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It is your girl, Adar. And you're listening to the Digital Story Podcast. Okay, let me give a let me give a real introduction here for this season because like I've personally missed every single one of you. Like I'm not even capping. I've had some severe withdrawals. I I I've counted down to this very moment. I never expected that like, you know, taking a break this season would cause so much, you know, sadness, so much sadness. But alhamdulillah, we're back. We're back. I'm on the mic. I'm in the studio. Jonathan is just next door. Muna is in my ear. We are live and direct and we're here. And truly, Allah deserves all praise for allowing us to come back together like this, for being able to have another season of great stories this is really Allah SWT is doing, and I'm so, so grateful for him for allowing us to do this together again. Oh, I'm so happy. And on top of that, um, the good news don't end. It's, it's, it's Ramadan. Ramadan is here. We are in literally on the cusp of the blessed holy month of Ramadan, the best month of all months, the months that people have changed for the better, the months that like people have seen miracles, the months that commemorate the Quran, the memories that commemorate all of us. Why we're all Muslims? This is that month, and here we are, being able to tell stories during the month of Ramadan. Wallahi, this couldn't have been a, a better writing. Allah is the best of writers, so this 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 is just amazing. I'm so excited. But let me just say, last season, right? We talked about. I mean, if you guys remember this, there was an episode where I talked about how I'm like a huge lover mon. Does everyone remember? Like, Adar is kind of into love stories a little too much. Growing up, I've always had this like deep fascination with love. Like what it meant, how it looked, who had it, who did it. Just, I was just desperate to, to understand what it meant. Um, But can you blame me? Like, it's all over. Like, it's in, it's in movies. It's in playwright it's in books like love this understanding people's perceptions of it is everywhere it's like the most hot commodity ever there's, there's a whole holiday centered around love right so i mean it, it wasn't really it's not really a surprise that as you know a young version of myself i was kind of like curious about like what that looked like and people say that it's like the best feeling in the world and 
I was just like, okay, uh, I want to know. I want to know what that feels like. <laughs> and so obviously love has been kind of a favorite, like I said, a topic amongst philosophers, poets, writers, scholars, scientists for generations. And different people and groups have all fought about what its real definition is. Honestly, I believe it's one of mankind's greatest mysteries. However, I will say, though, my favorite definition of love has to be my mother's. My mom, whenever she used the word love, she'd always say, the greatest love I've ever felt was being your mother. And I used to think, you know, as a kid, you're like rolling your eyes like, oh, ma, come on. Everybody's mother's, every, every mom thinks their greatest love is their child. And she says to me always, no, you don't really understand love until you've understood that kind of love. I'm like, okay, you know, I obviously I had this perception of love from like rom-coms. So I never saw it in a <laughs> really like from that perspective. But I always loved her definition because it always centered around like this, like this, un- this, this love that felt like it was inspired by Allah. So obviously I was like, I'm going to go to my mother because my mother is my first definition of love. And I really want to talk about this. And so I, you know, went to her room. I got my phone because I recorded our conversation on my phone. And I was like, uh, prompting her, I say, Holya, I'd like to ask you a question. <laughs> and she's like, okay. I was like, um, I want you to explain to me a little bit about the love of a mother, your experience, because I am her first child. Um, so I'm her first experience, what that experience was like. And she's like, <laughs> she was very excited. This is my mother's favorite topic, by the way. My mother is a very she's she's a she's a she's a mother's daughter she loves her mother a lot she loves she has a soft spot for moms in general and so if coming to her to ask this question she was more than happy more than happy to do this interview with me and so she sat up I sat next to her at the edge of her bed I took out my phone and I pressed record so tell me about the day that you became a mother the first day you became a mother oh my god other when i get you that day a lot of different things it says my heart because you know how it's important to my life you are gift for allah I was a gift from Allah? Yes. Allah give me <laughs> big gift for, for me. Because you know how long I wait you? I was waiting you almost five years. Five years? Yeah. You couldn't have uh, children for five years? Yes. And then you had me? The day I have you was the miracle. A lot of things miracle happened to me. Mm. I remember. I give you many names. I remember when I was pregnant in three months. Mm-hmm. The doctor says, Mariam, your child heart is not working. SubhanAllah. I was crying a lot because something I need really. Something you wanted so bad? Yeah. A child? Then they say, you can never have the baby if you are not take out this, this baby because the baby heart speed, it doesn't work. I cry a lot. That day I came, there is woman, there is a woman in Toronto, her name, Hawa. Mm-hmm. Hawa, she was the best and studied in Uttarsan. I go her home, I ask her. I don't have a knowledge for understand what he say, the doctor, but I, I, how I can survive for this baby. This is, is my first chance I have. How she told me, and was the real things. What did she say? She say, Mariam, 
how many days? Three months. Mm-hmm. You know how many days? You're, you're pregnant for how many days? Yeah, three months. You're pregnant. Also, I'm already like, is this yeah, me? Yeah. I have the ruh already. Yeah, N- 90 days. The soul is already. Well, it was the 90 days. Yeah. She told me, don't listen to him. Pray God. Look at uh, wait until four months and ten days. Mm-hmm. Wait for four months, yeah. Because there some surah says. Yeah, the ruh. The ruh. Yeah, comes. It comes. Because of, you know, she read me the Quran and she explained to me. to me, yeah. And that time I was very young. Mm-hmm. Other. Yeah. I'm not like right now. That time is a long time. Mm-hmm. Thanks God. I come back. And I called him, my doctor. My doctor, I love him so much. <laughs> he did a lot of things for me. Yeah. He helped me a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then I call him. I say, hello. Hi, hi. Hi, Piero. Piero Domenico. You're very, very Harvey. Uh, I need to see you. Yeah. He say, Miriam, come next week. I will listen to the baby. Why you don't come before? Mm-hmm. I say, I didn't want to, I want to keep it this child. Yeah, you want to. Either I never had a baby or not. Yeah, I want to see. And then I see. That day was Valentine's Day. It was Valentine's Day? Yes. Is that why you call me Valentina? Yeah, that's why I call oh, you the Valentina. I never knew that. Yeah. I actually didn't know yeah, that. Why yeah. I thought you were just calling me that just to call no, me. No, that's the reason I call. I February 14, you found out. Yeah. Then he say, well, the baby is not good. We're going to, we're going to. Abort it, yeah. Yeah, abort it. And then I say, I was crying. And he say, I say, one time, try to one time with the hardest feeling working for check, the man. Check today. Check today. And he say, okay, Mariam, I give you another chance. Yeah. Uh, when he touched the, my tummy and look at it with the ultrasound, the hardest feeling that day was working. For February 14th? <laughs> yes. The heart was beating. Was beating. Was he and shocked? He say, he was shocked. He gave me the, some paper. He said, can you give me back? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to go to jail because yeah. if he signed that paper to yeah. abort the child, he would have been in trouble. Yes. So he's like, give me my paper I back. I remember <laughs> was was the uh, close to my house right now where yeah. I'm leaving. Yeah. And then I come downstairs with the elevator. Mm-hmm. I was second floor. Yeah. Where I go. Yeah. I don't look at it right and left. Yeah. There's cars, they go back and forth. Oh, yeah. I just go. No, 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 no. Believe me or not. Well, no, that's like that, 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 that day, even I couldn't. You're a cloud nine. Oh my God. But that's kind of crazy, though. Do you even look left or right? Yeah. Of the street? I, wallahi, I didn't look at left and right. To all, all, all uh, the cars, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> I don't care. I go the other side. I was shocked. I was happy. You can imagine how was I happy. Other, so, other, believe me. Yeah. When I have you, the day, Labor Day. Was the day? The day I say, the doctor, he want to give me the needle. Yeah. A lot of pain I have. Yeah. You couldn't imagine how many pain I have. I say, please, I don't want to, I want to feel this baby to come hard. I want to touch my heart. I don't want a needle. I don't want no medication. For 18 hours, the doctor, he said, no, it's not possible. I say, no, I don't need it. I, even if I'm dying today, I am happy. Finally, you come outside. And wh- what did then it feel? Then I give you another name. What other name? How many names I got? Agostino. Wow. Oh, I was born in August. Yes. Yeah. You born in August? I say, Agostino. Mm. I don't know which name I can give you. You born in Toronto, Canada. <laughs> you born in St. Joseph Hospital. Mm-hmm. The doctor gynecologist is the special doctor me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I appreciate it a lot. And he was like, he become like my family. Giovanni. His name is Antonio Di Biero. Oh, okay. Antonio. When I have you, you know mm. what, I, what I did? Mm. You can imagine. Mm. I was thinking <laughs> the baby one is coming out. Yeah. I put somewhere and I look at it only. I don't give you water. I don't give you 
breastfeeding. You nothing. forgot to feed me. I, I was looking to you because I can I couldn't imagine. Are you shocked? But today I have a the, yeah. the girl I was waiting <laughs> all night. After the nursing come and said, Oh Mariam, you are not feeding feeling I say I didn't know. I was just looking at <laughs> I started to give you everything. <laughs> they teach you. They sent me even somebody in a, inside the, uh, my house. Other, you are so special, my life. So what are the? Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, shukr rabbil alamin. Alhamdulillah. I always thanks God who give me. Yeah. Other. So I have a question. What did it feel like the day? Like what did that love feel like? In this house I live. Yeah. The whole story in your life. Really? It's here. <laughs> Even your teeth. Oh, I do. You do have my teeth and my umbilical cord. Everything. It's kind of, which is kind of hard, a bit because much. Because you were so important <laughs> to my life. Because I was... You did, know, you know, when yeah. you go to school, mm. you oh, no. grow up four years, uh, senior kindergarten. Senior kindergarten, oh no. I say, I don't want to go out. I stay with her. <laughs> All school and principal, they say, it's not possible. You can't stay with her. Impossible. You gotta let me go. Anyway, the I, I raise you, really, I raise you how you can even imagine, I'm somebody can imagine that. Yeah. You know, for two years, I was singing to you, back and forth to school, <laughs> to tutoring, to gymnastics, uh -huh. to uh, school, books, yeah, Quran, yeah, everything. everything. I was thinking about you. If I say one of your... Uh, uh, Gawai? Yeah. You can't imagine. I remember, I know, I know you. Know, I, know, I know your poetry. I know, I even have it memorized. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love you too, Aya. Uh, <laughs> I love you too. Give me I love key. you. You can't imagine how no, I love you. You actually? Yeah. My siblings are going to get jealous. You know, they're going to... They're I not, love, I love they hear them too. But I don't know. But that, <laughs> after, this, no, no. after this interview, don't I don't know that. about oh, that. I don't know about that. After the interview, I kind of learned a few things that I didn't know. If you're hearing the audio back, you probably know. So I went to my bedroom. I was like thinking about, I'm like, hey, something is adding up here. Because I remember um, the very first time I started to go to the masjid, my local masjid, I was in this pursuit of like, oh, I'm going to wear hijab, get to know Allah SWT. So I was getting to know a lot of people in the masjid. And there were people in the masjid I knew my mother back in the day. Um, um, and that was his uncle that used to come and clean the masjid. Um, and we used to clean the message with him every Thursday. And I remember when he first got to know me, he's like, oh, what's your name? And I said, oh, my name is Adar. He's like, your name sounds familiar. And he's like, is your mother uh, Marian? And I said, yes. He's like, do you know that the first person your mother told that she was pregnant with you was with me? And I was like, huh? And I'm so confused. Cause I'm like, who is this? I, I barely know this guy. And now he's telling me he knew me before my dad even knew I existed. And so I asked him, I said, how did you, how was that even possible? <laughs> you know, given the fact that I know how close my, my parents are, I was like, how is that even possible? And he said, the day that your mom found out she was pregnant, she was going home, running home 
and she lived in the in the same build. We lived in the same building, and I was a newlywed, and your mother was married for a couple of years at that point, and she was running, rushing home to tell your dad in person that she was pregnant with you, and so I was in the elevator, and your mom walks in, and she has this beaming smile. That like I I I was like I had to ask her like <laughs> did you hear did you find a pot of gold you want to share or something like you know he was he was kind of like he just wanted to know something told him to ask her oh like did you like find out like something good or like what's going on and so she looks at him and she smiles and she taps her stomach and your mom says to me I had the greatest news happen to me and I'm going to go tell her father or go tell like their father and he was like your mother was I could tell I could feel the way the intensity of the moment that this was something she was anticipating for many years and so yeah I was the first person your mother told that she was pregnant with you and I can tell you I know I haven't spoken to her for many years, but what I can say is that you are literally, quite literally her pride and joy because that moment meant everything to her. So hearing my mother back, you know, talk about like crossing the street and not looking left or right, I can now picture the moment she left the hospital rushing to tell my father. And in that time, she met this uncle who I now met almost 20 years later, you know? You know, you never understand, like, your parents' experiences until you try really hard to visualize it, but they can't really explain everything that you need to. But then you find out in life, the pieces come together. It's like people tell you pieces of their lives and, you know, and how you fit in it. It's truly remarkable. It's like like you can almost see what they were experiencing. When I was a child, I was kind of a rebellious child, okay? I wasn't always as polished and put together as some people may think. As a kid, I was kind of a, a dark horse, or what they call it, black sheep. I don't know. It was very different. I always pushed the envelope with my parents. I gave them quite a hard time um, growing up. But it's, I think when I look back, I think I was just trying to find my freedom. Um, and my mother and my father were extremely protective. And so I think I might have felt stifled by it. Um, so I remember... One day I had did something really bad and it wasn't all that bad, but it was really bad on their terms. And my mother was so disappointed. I'll never forget that day, the way that she got so upset. Um, Like it was like at, at a level I had never seen. And me and my mom used to bump heads as a kid, you know, because it was always like I was trying to say, no, I, I know what I'm doing. And she was like, no, you actually do not. So let me help you. And. It was something that she and I kind of bumped heads often. Alhamdulillah, now our relationship is so different. <laughs> but as a kid, you know, I was I was, I was after something else. And um, that day I was in my room after a really heated argument with her. And my dad comes into the room and he sits on my bed. And he says, can I tell you something? And I said, yeah. And I was like already so upset. And I just didn't want to hear anything. But I wasn't about to disrespect my dad because I, I don't need both my parents upset with me. <laughs> So I was like, yeah, sure. And he's like, you might not understand why your mother acts the way that she does. But I just want to tell you that she has given up everything to have you, including like her, her like she she struggled with her mental health. She has struggled with her body. She she had begged Allah so much to have you. And so you represent more than just her daughter. Rather, you represent Allah's mercy as well as Allah's trust. And so she, obviously, I don't know. I'm, her, I'm your dad. But I know that she has this private relationship with Allah SWT, which I'm unaware of. But I know that, like, it's important to her. And so, like, you doing something that is not good for you feels like she's letting you down and not only as her as your mother but she's also letting Allah Santala with a manna he gave her a trust that he gave her and so you have to be patient with your mother right she doesn't want to give up on you but she doesn't want to disappoint Allah Santala as well and although you might not understand that at this age 
you mean more to her than you can fully understand. So give her that grace. Give her that patience. And it was the very first time I looked at my mom a little differently. I was like, if I had a kid I couldn't have for a while, maybe I'd feel, maybe I'd act different too. You know, maybe I would be a little bit of a helicopter mom. Um, but at that time, you know, I was very self-centered. And so I didn't give that thought much, much time. But now listening to my mom back, I can see why she did what she did. The first time I've ever really looked at the definition of love from my mother's perspective differently was the day I went to the masjid. I went to go to a halakha by a sheikh who was talking about the importance of knowing Allah, right? And it was a really good lecture, I remember. I remember enjoying it from beginning to end. I remember mostly because I remember my mind being blown a little bit because it was the very first time I've ever heard someone explain how big the love of Allah was for us. And the way that he described it was, he said, do you know how much Allah loves you? And he looks at the audience. Can anyone explain to me or measure to me how much Allah loves you? And you hear a few kids like, I know, I know. You hear a little, you know, conversation, people trying to, you know, figure out a way to answer. And I couldn't see what the, I couldn't hear what the answers were, but he kept, you know, saying, you know, no, not really. That's not it. <laughs> you know, Allah loves you. He'll say Allah loves you more. Or, no, not, that's not it. And then he says, I'll tell you. Allah loves you more than your mother loves you. And I stood there and I was like, what? And subhanAllah, I said what like to myself? Yeah, he repeated himself like as if he heard me. Allah loves you more than your mother loves you. It was the very first time that I thought of Allah differently. Where I could look at him and say, Oh, like you like you like you love me more than my love my mother loves me? Like, how is that possible? Right? Because then I started to think about the person I am. Well, I'm not a great Muslim. I sin here, I sin there. You know, I know the state of my heart. I know the kind of worshiper I am. And yet this shaykh is saying, you know, Allah loves you. And he loves you more than your mother loves you. Like my mother loves me a lot, <laughs> as you can hear. You know, my my mother loves me a lot. My mother's love, I don't ever have to question my mother's love. I've never had to. Even when I fought her, even when I disappointed her, even when I didn't call her, like I knew my mother's love was always there available for me. That love is like no other. And here the shiq was trying to get us to understand how much Allah loves us by comparing it to the love a mother has for her child. Allah loves me more than my mother loves me. It was something I had to constantly keep telling myself. Yo, Allah loves you, Allah. You got this. Keep going. You know, I love it. it. Just it became the strongest affirmation I could tell myself. At my lowest and at my highest, it always brought me back. And it always reminded me, no matter how much I might sin, how much I might be far from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, that Allah still loved me, and I could always find my way back. After that lecture, I was curious to learn about who Allah was. Because clearly, 
I don't understand how much Allah loves me. It's hard to convince myself that he loves me more than my mother loves me. It's difficult to process. And I kept asking myself, why is this difficult to understand? It's clear. He didn't stutter. He repeated it multiple times. Nobody in the audience say, that's wrong. No. Or corrected him. Like it was something that was understood. Something everyone agreed. But here I was uncomfortable with that fact. Here I was wanting to reject that fact. No, Allah, Allah can't love me. Not like this. No, Not who I am. Not who I've been. Why would he do that? Right? And then I would and then I look at my mother and say, why would she love me either? You know, how many times have I broken her heart? How many times have I disappointed her? How many times have I said, you know, things that really, you know, disappointed her? Yeah, my mom still packs my lunch and she still picks me up from school and she still checks on me. She still feeds me, still clothes me, still shelters me, regardless. But I just couldn't understand why Allah would do that. So I do what all girls do. I started to, <laughs> I started to go to Shilk Google. <laughs> I started to use Shilk Google because, listen, you're not trying to ask all of these questions to anybody because you don't want nobody to judge you. And that's how I felt. And so I went to Shilk Google and I was like, okay. I went to the search engine and I said, uh, who's Allah? Who is he? That was the first thing I Googled. I said, who is Allah? And the first thing that came up on Google was the 99 names of Allah. And I kind of heard of the 99 names of Allah. Like I always knew, oh, Allah has 99 names. I always knew that. But I never understood what the 99 meant, you know, to us. Like why was that important for us to know? I didn't really connect those dots just yet. I was new. I was fresh in the game um, <laughs> um, at this time. I was I was just learning who Allah Subhanahu wa Taala was, and um, I started to look at the names. I was like, okay, let me look at the names. I'm looking at the names, and it's saying like, Allah is merciful. It's it has like these attributes, like Allah has all of these attributes that essentially define who He is and how He wants to be understood. And so I start, okay, let me, let, me, uh, let me understand why Allah is Ar-Rahman. Why is he the most merciful? Why is he the especially merciful? Why is he the most compassionate? And so then I, 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 I follow these like, you know, like, like examples of why Allah SWT is all of these things. And all of the things that were listed... I agree. Valid. Yes. Allah SWT is compassionate because he does give to me. He does close me without even asking. You know, Allah is generous. These things I can affirm. Absolutely. This is, these are all the things Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is. Yeah. I could, I looked at myself. I was like, okay, you know that he's all of these things. Why, why aren't you not understanding why he, why he potentially does love you? Right. Why does he value you? You know, why does he tell you that you are important and this is what you should do and this is what you should believe in, right? It was just, it's just, again, it's not clicking. And so I just was like, okay, I really need to know who Allah SWT is. The reason why I'm not, I'm not understanding why it's not penetrating my heart is because I don't actually know him. I know him from a, a, a maybe a, a, a spiritual sense. I actually might know him from a, you know, theoretical sense. I might know him from all of these other senses, but I don't know him. I mean, like, my heart doesn't know him. And then I kind of like, like, how many of us really know who Allah SWT is? Like, how many of us know him? Right? Like, did you know that... Allah loves those who hastens to break their fast. Did you know Allah loves that person? Did you know that Allah loves those who uphold family ties? Did you also know that Allah has four favorite statements? Did you know that Allah loves odd numbers? Did you know that Allah loves those who rely upon him? 
Like Allah loves things and he disdains things. Like Allah is, 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 is meant to be understood. You know, my favorite thing that I had learned actually at that time was, um, was learning that Allah loved those who loved each other for his sake. I remember the hadith. Um, it was uh, reported by Abu Malik al-Ashari, um, where the Prophet said, he said, O oh people, listen, understand and know that Allah, the Almighty, has servants who are, who are neither prophets nor martyrs, yet the prophets and martyrs admire them for their position and closeness of Allah. So a Bedouin from a distant land came, and he kind of raised his hand, and he said to the Prophet O Prophet of Allah, describe them to us. The Prophet was pleased by his question and said, They are people from faraway lands and different tribes. They have no close familial relationship between them, except that they sincerely love each other for the sake of Allah. Allah will place them on a stage of light on the day of resurrection and grant them an audience. He will place a light on their faces and light on their garments. People will be terrified on that day, yet they will not be. They are allies of Allah, upon whom there is no fear and no grief. I loved that hadith. I loved it for many reasons. But my most favorite reason was that for the first time ever, I realized that the reason why I didn't understand why Allah loved things was because I didn't understand why. And this hadith explained why. And I, my heart started to grow. It's like it, it expanded. Like I started to like, oh, like, like knowing Allah SWT allowed me to love him. Allowed me to love him, allowed me to understand him. It allowed me to understand myself better, the world better. And it most importantly, I think the most important part was that when I fell, when I sinned, when I felt far from Allah, I never made the mistake. I never made the mistake of thinking that I, I didn't have the opportunity to seek forgiveness from Allah. That I couldn't go back to him. I never thought, oh, I, I can't turn back. I never, after knowing, after starting to learn, never did I ever commit a sin and think I couldn't repent. That I couldn't go back. That I couldn't return home. That I couldn't earn Allah's love. The doors will always open for me. As long as my heart is beating. I have the chance to return and love Allah the way he deserves to be loved. When I thought about uh, what I wanted to say on this episode in particular, I was having a hard time. I was like, I know this year we're, we're going to be intentional about our episodes. So I was like, what, what do I want to say? What stories do I want to tell? And I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. Um, until one night, um, after coming home around like 9 p.m., I was up for a bit. I think I drank this, uh, this coffee that <laughs> literally had me wired. And I was up really, really late. But usually I wasn't, I'm usually not that up that late. But I was up around 2 in the morning. And I had a cousin of mine call me. And she's like, Adar, I need to talk to you. Please pick up. I was like, what? You know, anytime anybody calls you at two in the morning, it's not good. <laughs> so I'm, my heart's beating fast. I'm I'm getting nervous. I thought something bad happened. Like, I'm just mentally preparing to hear the worst news ever. And so my cousin, you know, calls me. I pick up. I say, hey, are you good? Everything good? Everything good? Is everything good? Like, is what's going on? What's going on? And she's like, no, no, every, everything is fine. Um, I, I'm in a situation and I need your help. So she explained to me the situation and 
that kind of snowballed into another conversation um, because she was, you know, she really was at her last, last straw in the sense that, like, she was completely felt defeated, completely felt defeated. And she just asked me, like, like off the cuff, she's like, Adar, I have done so many wrong things. I have disobeyed Allah. I have not prayed. I, you know, I've made all of these mistakes and I'm in this situation now and I need Allah to help me. I gotta go get tissues. Oh, no, 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 no. It's okay. I can I use go my... No, frills. I'm gonna pick up no, no, no. I have... <laughs> I have my face now. Sorry. I'm not sure to be emotional about it, but hold on. Um, she says, I have done, you know, all the wrong things. And I'm in this situation and I'm defeated. I feel defeated. And I know I need Allah. But I don't deserve his forgiveness. And I don't know if I can. I'm afraid. I'm shy to turn back. I'm shy. Because I know what I've done. And I, I couldn't help but think, you know, like how many of us want to go back want to you know change want to ask a lot for forgiveness but we've talked ourselves out of it not because oh we don't like we don't really want to do it but we do want to do it but because we don't know who he is and how forgiving and compassionate and understanding he is because we don't know we don't go. We don't ask for help. We don't seek forgiveness. We don't even approach his door. Because we think that behind that door is a God who, if you don't have it all together, if you are not free from sin, if you're not nearly perfect, then there is no love, there is no forgiveness, and there's no compassion for you. And when you think about it like that, after knowing the 99 names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it almost feels like that we've made up a different, like, we've decided to take on a different understanding of Allah. Not the one that he proclaims for himself and the one that he tells us, but we've completely designed a new definition of who he is. And we do that every day. Imagine somebody were to call you by a different name every day after you telling them multiple times, no, my name is Asha. No, my name is Hamdi. After telling you multiple times, Yet, this person is insisting to say, no, you're Hamdi, no, you're, you know, you're Ayan. Like, you know how frustrating that can be, you know, for us as people? Because, like, I know you know my name, yet you just choose to ignore it. You choose to just do differently. Imagine, like, Allah SWT has literally has provided us all of a sound judge understanding of him, yet we basically reject it and create our own like that is like that is far-fetched that's a that's that's wild when you really put in that perspective because who what would this be about why 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 what would all of this be about if all of us would be perfect if all of us didn't sin if all of us like we're just you know this way then when would we ever have the opportunities to witness Allah's love if we didn't also experience his forgiveness 
if we didn't also experience his compassion, if we didn't also experience his kindness, when would we have the ability to experience those things if we never returned home, if we never knocked on his door, if we never asked for his help? and for his forgiveness. One of Allah's 99 names, and arguably one of it, my favorites, <laughs> he's Al-Wadud. Allah is the giver of love. He is the definer of love. He is the bestower. <laughs> All that you know and understand comes from him. He is love. So I want to end this episode with a story. A story about a girl, a young lady, who was on her way to meet someone. So she doesn't drive. She's a lot like me. <laughs> she doesn't drive. And so she wakes up that morning. She, she makes sure that she's on time. She irons her clothing. She is, you know, very ready to meet this person. And she makes sure that she calls her Uber on time so she can make it to her destination on time. She calls her Uber. The Uber guy she calls is just a regular Uber. Obviously, you can just Uber anyone, but you don't know who you're going to get. And she got a guy who had a really terrible morning. Matter of fact, he actually had a very terrible year. Very rough year. Um, and he just was not in the mood. Although he had to work because if you don't eat, you don't eat. You know what I'm saying? If you don't, you don't work, you don't eat. Um, he just was was just not in his best headspace so he picks up this girl and he's like looking at her she's like oh i'm going here she's like oh. he's like i can see and the girl can tell he's really grumpy but she ignores it and he decides that he's gonna stop for gas because he's out of gas and she says hey um what are you doing he goes oh i have to stop by gas i'm out of gas and she's like yeah but i have to make it somewhere right now like I, I I really don't have time to waste he's like well you know it's not gonna kill you just to give me a second so he goes he puts in the gas he's putting the gas and he also decides okay I'm gonna you know take a smoke he pulls out a cigarette he starts smoking and she's like sir you can't be doing this you're I need to make it to my destination and you're just doing the most and he looks at her he goes listen Okay, you're going to make it to your destination. Just relax. And she says to him, well, it's not about making it, just making it to my destination. I have to be there on time. I have to be there on time. She's like, he's like, where are you headed to work? Is that where you had to? No, I'm meeting someone um, important. It's someone I love and I don't want to be late for. He's like, okay, the person you're running after, like you're trying to make it on time too. How do you know they love you? How do you know that if they were in your position, they would make sure to be there on time? And she says, well, I, I know. I don't need to explain it to you. I know that they would do the same. So I need to be there. He's like, but listen, though, Blake, like, like he, how do you know? How do you know you're giving what you're giving, you're getting back? And she says, I'll tell you this. At the end of the day, you cannot love someone that you don't know. I know this person would do more than what I'm doing for them. Because I know. That's why. I know. I have conviction. You don't know why this person is important to me. Why I love this person. Right? Why they love me. But I do. And so I need to get there on time. So can you please <laughs> finish up what you're doing and let's get back on the road. And so he drops her off and he drives off. So the, the point of the story is, the metaphor of the story is, it's, it's metaphorical. Who she's going to is Allah SWT. You know, she has his conviction. So there's a sense of importance for her, you know, because she knows, she knows him. You know, he doesn't know because he's in, he's sad and he's away and he's, you know, like he doesn't care. Like he's given up and he has no semblance of wanting to, to know anything. So he's he just doesn't want to. He doesn't care. He's you know how people are like 
when they given up or in state of sin they just give up they just don't care and she's like that's because that's you don't care because of how you live she wanted to be on time right because she knew how important the person was to her right he didn't know how important this person was to her because obviously he doesn't know this person he doesn't know her why he doesn't know anything right he's actually in his own head he's has his own problems and he's kind of heedless to his situation and so he doesn't he's actually quite bitter about like you know her excitement and her enthusiasm to meet this person on time so he's just kind of like annoyed you know like you know you you're putting your eggs in too many baskets all in one basket because you don't even know if that person loves you and you're doing all this extra mile and this and the third and she just simply says to him you know like (laughs) i know this person because i i know this person and i love this person and i know this person if they were in my position it would do more for me right she had this conviction right this beautiful conviction and this person obviously the other guy the driver did not right that's kind of like how we all are right if you know Allah Ta'ala, you have a strong sense of conviction this intense sense of conviction right you show up to salah on time you run after to do the good deeds you give the sadaqah because you know Allah Ta'ala is going to reward you you know that he loves you you know that what he gives to you, right, you couldn't even repay him for. And when you don't even, like, even when you don't even get the thing that you want, right, you made, you made dua. And he said, Allah, I want this. And Allah doesn't give it to you, right? Except your job, but let's say he doesn't give it to you in that time. You know, you still know that what Allah is going to offer you is better than what you have asked for. Because guess what? The affairs of a believer is always good. Even what seems like a dark time, a hard time, a difficult moment, his affairs is always good. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't do anything to his servant out of evil. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala either replaces, gives you more, or gives you exactly what you asked for. Because that's who he is. So ladies and gentlemen, do not be the Uber driver and be heedless of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Be the girl at the back seat, rushing to meet the person that she loves. Last season, in my very first episode, The Wallflower, if you guys remember, I stated my intention. I said that I hope that this podcast would reach people, that it would be their safe place, that it would, you know, be someone's companion, make people feel seen. You know, like that was like my intention and it still very much is my intention. But this year, I also want the love that I know exists to to um, to illuminate. I want the podcast has brought so many of us from all over the world together. There are so many of us that tune into this this show. And so many of us that truly what feels like a community of sisters feels like sisterhood, feels like 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 we, we love each other for the sake of Allah SWT. Like we could be possibly counted for as those people that on Yom Al-Qiyamah, on the day of resurrection, the people who are shaded on that day are people that love each other for Allah's sake. It almost feels like we could possibly be those people. That's what it feels like, which is kind of bizarre to think a, a podcast could do something like this, that people from all over could feel this strong sense of community and love. And wallahi, so many of us love each other for the sake of Allah. We've never even seen each other. We've never even seen each other. It's because we all love Allah. And because of our communal love, our mutual love for Allah, loving each other is the easiest part. So my intention this year is I want to I want Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us increase that love. I want that love to be so big and so enormous that it shocks the world. And people say to themselves, "What is this what is this 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 program? Who are these people? They're taking over the world and they're just loving everyone and they're they're doing this and they're doing that. I want our love to grow." But I want this love really to be a symbolic glorification 
of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah is love. He's al-wudud. He is love, but not just any love. He's the expression in it. Love in action. That is Allah. I want to increase love on this earth. Love of Allah. I want Allah to favor us, bless us, increase us. And ultimately, I want Allah SWT to sign us as those he shades under his shade when there will be no shade but his. This episode is produced by Beautiful Light Studios, recorded at MH Studios Toronto. I'd like to give a shout out to our executive producer, Munashir Umar. We're back, baby. Our recording engineer, Jonathan Lilo. Our podcast intern, Nima Harun. And our graphic designer, Sima, A.K. with Sima Fada, A.K. Where's the keys to my bimma? Thank you for the graphic designs. You took it up a notch this year, sis. As you can tell, our credits are a bit longer because you know what that means. We all new swag this year. What? <laughs> new energy. Mashallah. If this podcast gave you value, we're leaving it up to you this year. Donate however much you feel like it gave you. We have a huge team this year that put so many hours in into bringing the show to life. If you can't give right now, just please keep us in your jazz. Also, if you're a company that's looking to advertise, especially Muslim companies, if you're looking to advertise, please shoot us an email at contact at digitalsisterhoodmedia.com. And girl, we love to give a shout out to here, so definitely reach out to us. And we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Thank you, and I'll see you guys next week, next Friday, in your ear, in your speaker, telling you a good story. Mom is the best. Okay. Always that is connected with the child and the mother. Allah made it like that mm. because the child is coming inside the the tummy of the mother mm-hmm. and her blood, mm-hmm. her circulation. He shared everything, her liver, her kidney, her eyes, her organs. Mm-hmm. Allah made it with the inside of the mother, the child. That's why any child, very important. As a mother, the mother, her love is the, the love of the mother is the real love. We can call them the love for the, like, uh, men and the women. Yeah, it's not the same. That's, that's me, that is fake. <laughs> fake love. <laughs> no, I, I can't say that. I can't say that because you know why? Why? <laughs> the, the love, it doesn't never, never finish. Never disconnected. Love is the love of the mother. With his child. Between his child. It's unconditional. Unconditional. It's something Allah made it inside the mother. It's something it's different for, I don't know how I can there's say nothing, to you. There's nothing in the world like yeah. that kind of love. Maybe if I can talk about uh, uh, Italian language or some Somali language. What would you say in Italian? How would you describe it in Italian? The anime di Jamelli. Dicono... Il figlio è anima di gemelli. That means when Allah created the mother, yeah, and then Allah created inside to her a baby, and the baby is the unconditional Hello. love. <laughs> but, you know, I I made it a lot of song, a lot of bomb for the mother. Yeah. I say. Uh, Maybe while I share Hikara in Maha, Haere Naftaiti lo milki, I ho ya mo not balan Naftaiti lo milki, I ho ya mo not balan O Amarwe ya hakofki, he milk us so gala Kofki mega eather shake and Uma had Elsha. Malaga go or to Huima had a Mugdigala Tavo. Malaga go or to Huima had a Maria Yala Devo. 
So how do I say that in English or else? How that poetry? Yeah, you can't translate it for someone. Uh, how am I gonna translate that? I, I will. I will help you. <laughs> you know. You know. You know. How am I gonna translate? You know. You know. When even.